0: the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow is underway. 6th and Peabody, our location on this Wednesday edition. Primary complaints each and every Wednesday. Plenty of grievances to air. We get one, main one per week. We'll do that coming up later this hour. Tommy Tuberville. Senator Tuberville joins us an hour from now. Coach. We, we call him Coach. Coach. That's right. Uh, and he prefers that. He I prefers would, Coach. Coach Tuberville uh, coming up. College football playoff rankings buyouts galore. I think we're up to 119 million on buyouts right now, Chad, for coaches across uh, college football, plus uh, more sports topics uh, coming up uh, with him whenever he joins us an hour from now. Clay Travis each and every Wednesday with us, the OutKick founder, and Cynthia Freeland from NFL Media. She'll pop into the mix. I'm, I'm eager to get her take on why NFL offenses suck right now. Beyond just, oh, they're They're currently – we're currently seeing nine backups start last weekend uh, among the 32 teams. It was bad in week one, too. Cynthia will have perspective on that and and much more. Chad, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, Hutton. Excited to be here. Plenty to get into. Uh, There's a lot of controversy around this uh, college football playoff committee last night, and I I don't understand why. I feel like they got it right. I'm really looking at the top six or seven, and I've got no big objections about the way they rank the teams uh, up through like eight or nine, and that's really all that matters right now. Well, so I have flipped the opposite
0: direction on the committee and what I want to see this upcoming weekend. I want to see chaos. We've got the right four currently because it's about what you've done, uh, what the resume looks like. It's, it's not always about what is the best team. I, I prefer the best four teams, but that's not why I'm rooting for chaos. I want to see what the committee will do because if Alabama beats Georgia and Texas wins, let's say Oregon beats Washington and Chad, somehow Ohio state is ahead of a couple of these teams as well. They sit right behind Oregon and ahead of Texas and Bama. Um, what happens? I'm By the way, I'm not even mentioning Michigan losing because that's not going to happen. Uh, it's, it's going to be a massacre in Indianapolis uh, against Iowa. But what does the committee value versus how they compare records? I think, and it's been just kind of chalk, kind of boring throughout the rankings so far. Um, And we finally get the final one, the one that matters coming up in a week. But I feel like for the most part, they're going on some computer algorithm and they get the kickback there in Texas and just, kind of chill out and go with the rankings as they move a couple of teams around, but not really. An SEC champion in the hypothetical of Alabama could not get in the playoff and Georgia could fall all the way out. The SEC champion would not be in the college football playoff this year. The number one team would fall all the way past other teams that have already suffered one loss. But yet we would see potentially Ohio State based on the rankings have a chance to get in ahead of Bama based on what the, the narrative is across the country. I want to see what the committee will end up doing in the final year of the four pack, because we're not going to see the chaos again at this tier for how they rank teams. It's going to be the highest ranked conference, uh, power five conference champions. I get that for the teams that get the buy, but beyond that, there's not much debate any longer past what happens on Saturday. I want to see Washington beat Oregon. I'm a fan of what the Huskies have done. But if Oregon wins, they're in. Florida State, some are arguing that they won't get in as a unbeaten ACC champion. They'll get in. But if they lose, which is not far-fetched, considering they're only a -a two-and-a-half-point favorite right now over Louisville, we know they're out. And now the media push from the company that owns the rights to the college football playoff is trying to say Georgia would fall all the way out. I'm not buying that. Um, If you're trying to make the argument that Alabama won't be in, I'm not buying that Georgia would fall out. There's no way they're leaving out the SEC champion. I think that's a bunch of uh, sports talk radio and bar chatter that they're trying to create on their own.
1: Well, it would be be remarkable if the SEC champ or an SEC team was not in the four-team playoff. But it would definitely get people talking. There's no doubt about it. And that doomsday scenario for the SEC would be Alabama beats Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then and, Michigan and, wins. And, and what's the score, though? Michigan wins. Let's say Alabama blows them out. Okay. That, I think then that has Then Michigan wins, Washington wins, Florida State wins. They all bump up. Yeah. Um, then I think you're looking at a decision between Oregon, in this case, would have two losses at that point. Then you're looking at Ohio State, Texas, Alabama, and – I don't care how bad Alabama beats Georgia in this SEC championship. I got a hard time I'm going to stay consistent with this. I got a hard time taking one-loss conference champion Alabama who lost head-to-head at home to Texas and Texas being a one-loss Big 12 champion. I'm not taking Alabama over Texas. So then Alabama, or Texas would get the fourth spot. And Alabama and Georgia would be out in that scenario. I, I don't see any of this happening. We don't, but they didn't value the head-to-head last year when they
0: had Alabama ranked ahead of Tennessee at the end in, the, in their final rankings. They didn't value the head-to-head victory. No, they didn't. And that. that so, and I, I, I want to see them change the criteria because that we always debate what they're judging this on, and they can change it, and they do every single year. And I don't think Book Morgan and the entire committee. They haven't really answered any questions about Corrigan how they're ranking. But Boo
1: Corrigan said, well, "You know, head-to-head matters. Like, you know, we're we're going to look at head-to-head, and that that matters in in all of this. Um, the a clear distinction of, you know, we're not we're not putting the four teams we think are the most deserving in. We're putting the four teams that we think are the four best. I want the four most deserving. I, I think that sports, as our ultimate meritocracy, should be about the four best resumes who've done the most." who went unblemished throughout the year, who won their conference championship. Give me the four most deserving. I don't want to know necessarily what this committee of college presidents and ADs think about who the four best are. I want the four most deserving. I'm the opposite side of this. I don't want projections. I, I want you to tell me who are the four most deserving, who should be in there based on what they've accomplished throughout the season. The other thing that I'm getting, and, and Hunt, I know you said this is the last year we get stakes of this nature. Of this tier. In, in the final week. I think so many have flipped that and said, well, this is why this sucks, that they're expanding the playoff field. Oh, because, I hate it. Because now Michigan-Ohio State doesn't mean anything. First off, Michigan-Ohio State will always mean something. Whether it be the last week of the season and then a repeat of that game in that Big Ten championship, which would be the case next year, without divisions – Uh, that's also going to mean a lot. So those games are going to mean more. And there will
0: be debate. Let's hypothetically say Michigan beats Ohio State. They rematch for it. Next year, that would be the case. They would rematch for the Big Ten Championship. Ohio State beats Michigan. It's the highest ranked of the the Power Five, now Power Four, um, that would get the bye. So of the two, how would they rank? There would be drama there, but last week's stakes would not be at that level. I'm going to miss that. And... I sign me up for the chaos of the weekend, and I, I, have I them want, tell me that they're actually going to stick to that, that head-to-head matter. That that that. And, and by the way, championship games should matter.
1: Yeah, I, I really want. I matter. want chalk. Uh, I really want four unbeaten conference champions to, to to battle it out in this thing. Is what I'm rooting for in the final year of this. But going back to my point on people getting upset about the conference, the, mm. the tournament expansion. I'm hearing this from a lot of college football diehards. And I get college football is different than other sports, and we don't need to change the different nature of the sport in a lot of ways. I don't think that's what's happening here. I will take the trade off of Ohio State Michigan not having life or death implications in the final week of the season necessarily, because both teams have a chance to play in the playoff. I will take the trade off of that being eliminated while also adding another seven or eight games that are life or death in the final two weeks of the season. And conference championship weekend, and this team who's got two losses or three losses, but if they win this conference championship game and win their conference, they're going to get the 11 seed in the tournament. Think about all of those matchups yeah. that now mean so much more. I, I'll I'll take that, and I get it. Like if you're going to win a national championship, you should be elite. If you're going to have one thing to combat the NCAA basketball tournament. It's that it's a one-game scenario in basketball where anything can happen, and the best team doesn't always win. In fact, it rarely does. It's the team that gets hot and has the right formula in March to make a run through a tournament. They're going to win it all. I'm not wanting to implement some sort of March Madness-type system where there's 40 teams going to a playoff in in football. I I don't want to see that. But 12 is not too much to ask. I I think people are getting a little extreme with, well, now college football – You know, games in September and October are just meaningless. That's not the case. These games still matter a lot. You're not going to lose more than three games and get in the playoffs. Well, I think – I Right? I agree. So you still – these games matter. It's not, hey, I can go on a four-game losing streak like you can in the NFL and make the playoffs at some point. That's not going to be reality in college football. It's still different. From the NFL because the stakes are still higher They're in the
0: high. regular season. I, but I think that's that. I'm a proponent of moving the rivalry matchups up. Ohio State, Michigan, move it up in the schedule now. Whenever Ryan Day was floating this out there, I hated the idea. But in thinking about you could have, you could have three matchups between Michigan and Ohio State within about a month and a half span. I don't want that. I, so if you want the first matchup, if you want Tennessee, Bama, for instance, Chad earlier in the season than in mid October, whatever, like you can add some intrigue and some momentum, uh, to September that some are saying is going to be lacking. It's not going to lack ratings continue to rise. Those that say that, you know, if you can't just talk sports are dumb, look at everyone that's tuning in eyeballs on the product, um, sponsorships, because no one's fast forwarding through commercials. You're not going to DVR those broadcasts. That's why those spots are so valuable. So the college football playoff and the expansion? They'll get to sixteen too because I think they're going to have uh, even more money to cash in with. What do you make of the the, the rankings overall here, beyond just the the top eight? The, the the top eight have a chance to get into the college football playoff. Nine is Missouri, but I'm looking at it from the, and through the lens chat of what the twelve team playoff would look like. And right now, the cutoff would be Ole Miss uh, because the twelfth team getting in would be Tulane, once again, the the highest ranked non-Power 5 program at 22nd in the country, according to the the committee. Right behind Ole Miss is Oklahoma, LSU, and Louisville, who this weekend will have a chance to play themselves in to the 12-team playoff.
1: This is maybe a a different, weird stance on this. What I like about a college football playoff ranking is it unifies the belts, so to speak. Yes, yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, I I get – it's – boxing gets old because I don't know who has the different belts and the different associations with the different belts and who's the champion in in welterweight and who's the champion in heavyweight and then there's four (laughs) different champions and then you've got a unification belt and you're going to bring it all together. For years and years, uh, talking about the differences in college football, you had the AP – And the USA Today coaches poll and the UPI back in the day and all these different things. It's how Alabama can claim 19 national championships (laughs) instead of the ones they actually have. Because you had the Blue Bonnet uh, ranking system, Sagarin rankings. You had all these different things. In recent years, it has been minimized to coaches poll and AP poll. But even with that, it gets confusing. I I like now that we kind of go – it's like recruiting rankings. You know, when an on three has a cumulative ranking, I like to look at that because it factors in everything and shows you the cumulative ranking. I, I, I like this because I just look at the college football playoff ranking. That that is the one that matters because that is the one at the end of the year that will determine a national champion. So I don't need to look at the AP poll. I don't need to look at the coaches poll. I can look at that and see where teams are ranked one through twenty five. And there's some cleanliness to that. There's some purity to that that I like. And a streamlined In uh, an effort to declutter things all the time, whether it be in my brain, around yeah. me. I, I like the declutterification of college football, where the college football playoff ring, to me, that is the only one that matters, the only one I look at.
0: Chad, uh, you've been watching Hard Knocks, the in-season uh, debut of the, the Miami Dolphins, and the star is the head coach. I, I wrote a column at OutKick about a year and a half ago or so about how I, I wanted to see the outside-the-box hire of Mike McDaniel who was not the first, second, third choice, whatever, uh, in, in Miami, have success. Because he wasn't the actual play caller in San Francisco. He was the run game coordinator. And man, has it been a success. What a hit. Not just through the results uh, in the win-loss column, but uh, personality, which is way different than your average NFL coach.
1: Yeah, I think the perception of Mike McDaniel doesn't really match up with who he is substance-wise when, when you hear him. Uh, I'm loving – I think they they nailed it. The HBO did NFL films with uh, the Jets in the preseason for Hard Knocks and now the Dolphins in season. You see Mike McDaniel, see this small, squirrely guy who's sprinting the locker room, who sounds funny. And he's a bit of a geek in, in a lot of ways, oh, yeah. right? And you think, oh, yell, educated. He's just a nerd. He's not a nerd. I think that's one thing this, this illustrates. He's kind of a bro. He's a football guy. Deep down, football guy. He talks like a football guy. He jokes like a football guy. The things he says to his team and his guys, he is very much in line with the locker room, and he's in line with players and the way they think. So don't let this miniature guy running around that's got glasses on fool you. He's a football guy deep down. That's my big takeaway from this. He's also hilarious. Yes. He could be a stand-up comic. Uh, Hutton, I sent you a clip of him getting clipped in the nether regions and his low, uh, low. his commentary on it on the sideline about how he's trying to be tough even though he got hit in the bleep uh, in the previous play with someone going out of bounds. Uh, hilarious. Dude is awesome. I'm rooting for him. I like seeing different personalities get a shot. But what he's about and the substance he's about of making sure his players are getting the very best out of him – and the very best out of their careers, that is going to be universal across the NFL wherever he ends up. And it's working so far. It also helps these a great offensive mind. Uh, and that, that, is, that and offense lineage. is humming right now in Miami. But if you're not watching it, I, I recommend watch Hard Knocks in Season, Mike McDaniel, and tell me if you don't agree that he's not just some Ivy League geek. He's nerdy and that he's very smart, but he's also hilarious, and he's a football guy. No. that that's my big takeaway.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's his vibe is interesting, entertaining, his demeanor is refreshing. It's peculiar and it's it's TV worthy. It's worth your time, no doubt. And in the world of analytics, he does not fit that mold even though he looks like he does. Coming up, further headlines including Aaron Rodgers making his return to practice. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Yeehaw beer, Old Smoky moonshine.
1: Do you see the popcorn and Sutton? New bottles they have out there, Chad. I uh, we, uh, heard a rumor yeah. that those were available now. They are. The new it's, deal uh, with, uh, with Old Smoky. They got a they got a, a whiskey popcorn Sutton. It's good whiskey, smooth. Yeah, smooth. Check it out. This place is awesome, Chad. I like it when they get this place holidayed out. It's a, it, you had a primary complaint about that. People bitching about people <laughs> going to Christmas too early. And yeah. you said, let people do whatever they want. It, yeah, who well, cares?
0: Mainly just I mean, at some point, like every year, why bring it up every single year? I also, you know, it, I, like, I challenge
1: someone but, to walk in. If they walked in here on the oh. Tuesday before Thanksgiving and they saw all the holiday stuff up, and they left in a bad mood because of that. You need to reevaluate yourself and well, your life. That's not normally. I can't believe they had all these beautiful <laughs> decorations that put me in a festive spirit two days before Thanksgiving. How dare they? How dare they do this? The Grinch. Uh, that did you see their uh, Grinch? Two is coming. Is, uh, it, is it really?
0: That's what I saw over the Thanksgiving weekend.
1: It's not just Next another year. one. A remake. They've done about fifteen remakes. No, I, feel I think like.
0: this is with Jim Carrey, who hated that that costume.
1: See, mm-hmm. I, I I'm interested in seeing that. I, I like the. Um, but that would
0: be a brand new storyline with it.
1: Yeah, and the Benedict Cumberbatch uh, like uh, computer animated Grinch was good. My my kids are into that one. That one was pretty good. Where Benedict Cumberbatch seen, was the
0: voice of the Grinch. Have you seen on? Uh, I don't know if it was TikTok or Instagram. The uh, and it's been out for a while, but the kids are in like the basement of this home. Uh, for the family Christmas, and someone dresses as Santa comes down the steps, and everyone's like, uh, I mean, like, they're probably Excited. like four or five, six years old. And then they have another family member, like a older son or something, gr- dressed as the Grinch chasing Santa around, and like all the kids dive under tables.
1: Oh, that's good. And then
0: chase back up the steps, and everyone leaves.
1: That's good. You know how big I am on frightening children. I know. I know. Uh, I thought it's I'm,
0: always always good. I watched it going. Nearly fought someone in my neighborhood down. for
1: that mechanical spider that jumped out at the kids and. Uh, sent everyone you know sprinting through backyards to get away from it. Uh, that, that's that's one. Here here's one. Uh, we're gonna have primary complaint later. Yeah. If you want to get upset at someone for an out of season holiday type choice with decoration, mm-hmm. it's the people that still have the enormous skeletons up in their yard. And here we are post Thanksgiving, and I know they probably spent way too much money. Money they don't really even have to put in their yard. If you've got that a gigantic skeleton, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the county, the fair different yard clientele. props that have, a, they still have them up. I've passed two or three of those, and I'm thinking these are the decorations to get down. If you want to put Christmas decorations up a little bit early, have at it. You don't need your Halloween decorations up into December. Well, I'm not.
0: So I'm saying, you put put up decorations whenever you want, Chad. Take them down in a reasonable time frame.
1: I just think the decision. Like I, I'm not saying you leave them up all year. Decorate your yard with a skeleton. Mm-hmm. That's bigger than your house and leave it up into December. That is one I will question. Now, if you want to put a Christmas tree up in your house or some lights Whatever. in November, I don't care. Yeah. That's fine. Get people in the spirit. Good with that. But if, if your spirit is you want a skeleton up in your yard, that again, that dwarfs your entire home and you want to keep it there in December, I do have an objection to that. I will be I'll speak out of both sides of my mouth on well, that one. If you're someone who's got Halloween decorations and inflatables all over your yard still, you should get those down. Yeah. Absolutely get those down. Well, it, I don't care how much you spend on it. I'm
0: only uh, my opinion is just for Christmas, Christmas is a season. Halloween is a day. Right? It's not there's I mean, Christmas day, but Christmas get, is a season.
1: It's kind of a I get like the people putting the Halloween decorations up in early October. It's sort of a season too that's about a month. I'm not saying only have it up for one day. I'm saying when that day's over, wh- what do you want to celebrate? Christmas and the Christmas spirit and holiday things everywhere? Or do you want to keep a damn skeleton up yeah, that, that dwarfs your entire home The Ouija all year? board's
0: still out in that home.
1: Right. Uh, they're definitely having a seance in that home, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Doors are knocking at 2 a.m. I'm anti-Satan worship, okay? That's, <laughs> we had a producer here that was very much pro-Satan worship at one point. None of our producers know, now. Was he
0: pro or was he just not anti? Like, he just didn't
1: care uh, if you did it or not. The dude bought a church, and he's turning into a house right now. Did you know that? So, I mean, Jacob Swanson, former uh, former tech Jacob, here. Jacob, Jacob Swanson. <laughs> uh, him and his partner, B, have purchased a church in Wisconsin. And you can oh, watch I it. I can see it on uh, Instagram, the whole remodel they have going on, where they're turning this old church into a home. Is it a tax right off it's the not, way? It's not for devil worship. Oh, I, okay. I, I can confirm that's not. It's just going to be for for their home. But um, Jakob is the type of guy who would have that skeleton up in he his would. yard. He would. He'll probably put the skeleton up in front of the church year-round and never take it down.
0: Chad, we will see Aaron Rodgers return as the quarterback of the New York Jets. It's not going to be this year. He's returning to practice today. They've I thought you were going to opened... say in 2024. In no, 2024, yes, next season. Um, He's returning to practice today. There's a 21-day window now that's open whenever he comes off of injured reserve. This is just proving a point. Point that he has shown and stated to everyone is, I'm ahead of schedule. I did it my way. And here I am. Within three weeks, I could play. What they're doing, and it's the smart move and the common sense. A couple of weeks ago, we could have said this. Robert Sala and company, and mainly Rodgers, they're going to point to the playoff the the push for the postseason for the Jets, they're not going to the postseason. They're on a four-game losing streak currently, and they're playing Tim Boyle over Zach Wilson, who's not even the backup quarterback. That's Trevor Simeon.
1: They're 15 out of 16 in At the four AFC and seven. playoff ranking.
0: They're only above New England. Yeah. Right behind the Titans, and I believe the Chargers are are there after their recent loss. He's not returning but he's proving a point to everyone whenever he went down four snaps into the season with the Achilles tear that he wasn't just hanging it up and it wasn't going to be because of his age. He was going to be back and he was going to be back this season to lead the Jets to the postseason if they were there. And I, I am, I wholeheartedly believe this. He was the reason the Jets hung around as long as they did. I think, I think it was remarkable. Given that offense that is awful, that they hung around until the end of October, early November, Chad, with that offensive system with Nathaniel Hackett paired with Zach Wilson at quarterback, with a head coach that said he would plead the fifth when asked why Wilson wasn't benched earlier. That's how bad it was. When Rodgers was around, that team played better. And they believed, because they believed he was coming back. This is proving a point, not just to the public, but also to everyone in that locker room. He's got their back. He's there to win a title. And when he says something, he means it. He's got the total leadership and control of the organization.
1: Hutton, you threw out a stat. Uh, offensive touchdowns for the Jets this year, how many they've had? I know It's like 14. And, and I think you said Tommy DeVito has had seven or eight Tommy DeVito's had eight touchdowns in five five games. games. Eight touchdowns in five games. And you look at that Jets offense over the course of the season, and it's only that many. I'll pull it up right now. I have a legitimate question about just how good the Jets offense will be when Aaron Rodgers comes back, because there are a lot of holes in that offense that I see right now, and I don't know that just Aaron Rodgers turns them Mm -hmm. into a great offense. But if he does, and I do think there's a chance that he does, because he is that good. Hutton, I am completely out on Nathaniel Hackett as an offensive coach. I think he sucks. If that happens, if one man comes back at quarterback and it's Aaron Rodgers and they go from historically bad this year without him back to really good just because of him, what is Nathaniel Hackett's purpose exactly? Other than to get the shine off of being Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator. Which is a pretty sweet gig. It's 12 touchdowns, not 14. I'm not sure. Okay. That's even,
0: even worse. I just want to put that I, in perspective. I'm not. And
1: Tommy, Tevito, Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito has eight, eight in five games. Five games. Tommy DeVito, guy who lives with his mom. Five, eight touchdowns, five games. 12 touchdowns. Total. For the Jets. Uh, again, I, I, this should be the end of Nathaniel Hackett's career as an offensive coordinator. But he's only there because of Rodgers. But why does Rodgers even need him again unless it's for a ping pong buddy? Like, what is his purpose? He can't coach anyone up on that offense right now. I, Zach Wilson got none better with him. Their offense is terrible. So if you tell me Aaron Rodgers comes back next year, similar group, and the offense is great. Nathaniel Hackett has nothing to do with that other than Aaron Rodgers told the owner, this is the coach I want here on offense.
0: Well, that's why he, he went to Denver as the head coach. They were trying to lure him there. I mean, that's, that's all
1: Rodgers. It's It's ridiculous.
0: They, they were, they were uh, attempt, I don't know how serious it was. They were going after Devontae Adams at the trade deadline. Mike Evans was also mentioned. That was because they told, and Rodgers took that pay cut to begin the year, albeit $75 million is, is still his guarantee or whatever. Um, it's much less than what he was going to receive. And he took that, so and he made the quote, so we can continue to acquire more veteran talent whenever we need to this year that was the i think it was optics that was why that was floated out there after the trade deadline had passed because they I, want I just, him knowing that they're doing what they said they would do for him
1: i just don't know how any owner could have a lot of faith in nathaniel hackett to coach up an offense that's not quarterbacked by aaron Rodgers wherever aaron Rodgers is playing based on the evidence that we've seen hey man it. i, I I don't disagree with you. There's
0: not many coordinators and coaches that are having success with bad quarterbacks. No, but... I mean, I, that's why O'Connell uh, gets more deserves more credit. Dobbs has been average when he's been there. He's been average whenever he's stepped in on short notice, and I commend him for it. But other coaches haven't won with him the way Kevin O'Connell did whenever he was dropped into the Vikings lineup. There's not good quarterback play. There, yeah, there, I- there is a... Good quarterback tier, and then there's everyone else that is they either suck or they're just okay, and I'm, those teams not, aren't
1: winning. I'm not looking for NFL success, but you are allowed to do more with less at some point, and not just do absolutely nothing with less. Hey, and that's what Nathaniel Hackett has done. But consider this. Offensively, going as, as close into last to week, nothing
0: as you can get. Going into last week, the Bears had scored more points than the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Offense across the league has been bad, but this – I'm right there in lockstep with you. 12 yeah. total touchdowns. Three of those are rushing. It's not like those are well, look, stacking. I, I, it's been
1: awful. I, I, I got a little bit more faith in Andy Reid as an offensive of coach than Nathaniel Hackett, given his track record. I'm saying track record-wise, Nathaniel Hackett is simply a byproduct of the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. Prove me wrong. Now, think about it this. And if Aaron Rodgers comes back next year and that offense is really good, that is proving my point even louder, that he is only successful – because he's been paired with Aaron Rodgers, and that is the only reason. I mean, think about Mike McCarthy paired with Aaron Rodgers.
0: Matt LaFleur's record as a head coach is great. I mean, he's won twice as many games as he's lost. That's Aaron Rodgers. It's not going so well now, but they did win over the Detroit Lions. Eric Bieniemy goes to Washington. They have 28 touchdowns. They've scored 28 touchdowns this year. The Jets have 12 with Nathaniel Hackett. It's crazy. Crazy bad. I'm going to quickly look at Denver just for 24, 24 touchdowns. uh, All
1: those jokes about Sean Payton needing to shut his mouth about Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos (laughs) earlier in the year. Yeah, I I think Sean Payton's (laughs) going to open a press conference by saying, say my name at some point, uh, as this season continues to go this way, and it does for for the Jets, the opposite direction. Given about 24 hours
0: now. Who do you think made the call for Bobby Petrino to actually return as the offensive coordinator at Arkansas? Sam Pittman. Pittman. I think Sam Pittman made the call. And then had to get the approval of those that know... It's just funny that they have to vet Bobby Petrino. All you have to do is call up who was in the athletic department at the time and ask their opinion and look up the media reports and why he was on his way out as the Razorbacks head coach or just pull up uh, Google images of him in a <laughs> neck brace. I, you know? I, look, vetting Bobby Petrino is just funny. Coming from Arkansas as they bring him back. And it's Pittman, I, I, I agree, and thinking about it last night, because um, initially I'm like, this is, this is eventually going to be the interim head coach. This is Pittman knowing he's got to get it right and he's just going with what he knows instead of what he doesn't know.
1: Yeah, he was there with him from 2013 to 2015. Uh, He was at Arkansas from 2013 to 2015. I'm trying to see Bobby Petrino's exact tenure uh, in Arkansas to to make sure just how long they crossed paths there, uh, knowing that they did and there was a a prior relationship. Um, The funny part about all this to me is, uh, and he was at Arkansas. No, he was there after him. Uh, So uh, 08 to 2011 was his Arkansas stint for Bobby Petrino. So I, I'm sure they know each other, but Sam Pittman actually got there after Bobby Petrino. I thought they spent at least one year together on the same staff, but he came in right after. Uh, it's Arkansas trumpeting this as the return, the return. of Bobby Petrino. W- please, Razorback Nation, welcome back Bobby Petrino as the new offensive coordinator. I think this is one you nope. just don't even acknowledge. You just sent out a press release. Hey, uh, Bobby, P- this guy Bobby Petrino has been hired. As the offensive coordinator, he's an assistant Who's to our head quarterback, coach, quarterback? Sam Pittman. Um, but the return, the triumphal return is is hilarious. We don't know because K.J. Jefferson is now in the transfer portal.
0: Mitch Mustaine coming through that? Yeah, Mitch Mustaine is not walking through that door. Oh, gritsch 2 is just a, a rumor now.
1: Yeah, uh, Jim Carrey shot it down, said it's not happening. He's not wearing that suit. The, the strike lingers, the Hollywood strike. Primary complaint next.
0: Sixth and Peabody, our location, Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up, Senator Tommy Tuberville will join us in about 20 minutes. Clay Travis in a little under an hour as well. Clay's on board with the just put in the four best period, right, for the playoff?
1: Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen him talk much about that. Just like, I I would assume knowing Clay's personality. (laughs) Yeah. That he believes that he should be play God and just decide who the four best are, and if he decides that, Alabama, that Vegas has Alabama favored against three, that even if they have two losses, they should be in. Well, yeah, if we wanted uh, to go that, by that's Vegas, what Clay's going to go with. If we
0: wanted to go by Vegas, the argument against Florida State has been, oh, they be, they would be the underdog in like against eight of the top eleven. Right. But if if you're going to make that argument, then why even play the games?
1: Yeah, so Clay's Clay, I, – I don't know this, but I'm guessing Clay's argument will be that because Florida State is playing with a backup quarterback, you go with the better team right now that doesn't have the injury at quarterback and, and put them in, which I completely disagree with, uh, completely. I, I don't think that a team should be penalized because of right. an injury unless that injury forced them to lose a game. You know, they lost a game along the way. If, if Florida State loses bad to Louisville because of that injury at quarterback, then, yeah. You dock them for that. You penalize them for that. But if they continue winning uh, and they win by multiple scores, which they've done for the yeah. two games, including on the road at Florida for the, the game and a half, game and three quarters, they haven't had Jordan Travis. And I think there's no way you can take them out of the, the playoff pool. Chad, how about, how about the
0: host in uh, Columbus refusing to uh, take a commercial break after Ohio State's loss to uh, to Michigan? I've not seen this. So – they, but tell me more. I, okay. I
1: love uh, anytime. So, anytime there's a story about an announcer losing their mind or getting mad so it's 90, on air,
0: I love it. And we, we've met these guys. It's ninety-seven-one, the fan with uh, the, the Common Man and T-Bone. I think is, is <laughs> their uh, the, their name. Not the to show. be
1: confused with Method Man and Common. But
0: well done. This uh, is a different duo. A commercial break during the first hour of Monday show approached. One of the hosts. This is from awful announcing said he'd rather keep complaining about the Buckeyes' inability to beat that team up north. Quote, I don't want to take a break. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to take a break. <laughs> How much are all the ads in this commercial break if we just tally them all up? I'm sure thousands of dollars is what one guy chimed in with. He goes, okay, I, I, just, I just bought them. I'm going to buy them. So he just refused to take a, a commercial break. And then finally, the program director uh, walked in and confronted the host about not taking a commercial break during their, their first hour. Well done.
1: Um, by the way, well done to the host. Also well done by the program director for having the balls to come in and say something to them when he had a problem with it. I I appreciate both sides of this story and, uh, my, we, only, my only hope is that it ended in fisticuffs on air and that we could hear it. And my second hope, actually my first hope would be that we could have just played that back and forth on the show right now so we could have uh, debated yeah. on who was right and who was wrong. Yeah. But alas,
0: Hutton, your narration of it will have to do. Yeah, I'll just keep uh, giving quotes of what they said since we can't play the audio. I, I think I've always that's had where a hard time are.
1: learning an Ohio accent, but yeah. next time I'm going to learn the Ohio accent and come in and we'll play parts. I'll take the role of the host. You can be the program director, and we can go back and forth. But I'll have to get in character, which will be tough. Uh,
0: he admitted he almost got fired. He he returned stating there was a chance he would be on Tuesday show, but almost got fired was the quote about not taking a commercial break.
1: Sounds like two guys who have a pretty strong relationship that yeah. went out a- after it, and he knew he probably wasn't getting fired. Yeah, yes,
0: uh, and they do very well uh, with their show there there in Columbus, um, Chad. It is time to air our top grievance of the week. We are set, locked, and loaded, ready to go. So is Davey Hudson. It's time for primary complaint. Complain, it's time to air our top grievance of the week. Complain, you can complain all you want.
1: My job is so unfulfilling. Complain. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for a Hot mic's primary complaint. Complain. Guys,
0: my primary complaint this week is... I'm a I'm a believer in perceptions reality. So even if we don't know this, it it's definitely happening. They're allowing this to go on. The the sports companies specifically, but this goes on uh, in news as well. Uh, how the decision makers above those that are on camera will drop to their knees and bow down, and beg, and uh, shower, and baby, and pamper hosts that really don't need to be pampered in that way. Point uh, that recently, we've seen a couple of these. Uh, Desmond Howard comes to mind, calling out Pete Thamel, asking for the floor and then saying, hey, come on out, Thamel's being threatened by uh, Michigan fans or Michigan idiots who are fans, uh, perceived fans, um, and he's doing his news hit from the stadium instead of on the game day set. And I'm thinking to myself, why does Desmond Howard get, have, have this platform? When have I ever thought to myself, man, I wonder what Desmond Howard has to say about this topic. But yet, no one's going to call him out for it. And let me be fair to uh, just uh, another thing I noticed. Ryan Fitzpatrick with Amazon Prime. It's uh, over the weekend, I guess it was his birthday. Happy birthday, Ryan. He was here with the Titans for a brief stint, and they were represented on this helmet. It was a cool gift. His helmet that they presented him with post-game that had a logo of every team that he had played for. And I'm also thinking, like, when have I ever thought, man, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I, I've got to know what he thinks about the crappy game they just had uh, for the uh, Friday Black Friday game. But yet, the higher-ups will bow down to these people. I wish that, you know, the attention was paid to our show the same way that, they will bow to Desmond Howard and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Props, guys, because you're treated like royalty when it's not like you know, we're talking about you the way we have to talk about Stephen A. Smith. That's my primary complaint.
1: I'd like it on the record that I've never tried to get Davey Hudson killed on a broadcast either. I've never said, Davey, these guys out here are ready to fight you. Uh, I think you need to do your hit from the bar area. A guy said he wanted to stab you. And go do it out there. I've I've not gone that far as uh, Desmond Howard went uh, this past. By week. the way, Davey, that whole scene
0: was so weird. Davey back in the uh, the Pred sweater, but for a uh, different reason. I can't wait for his primary complaint. But Chad, you have Shout out, just Mom like for the, for just the like gift. Desmond Howard asked for it. I will step back like Herb Street and and everyone else did. Talk away and uh, say whatever you want. You're... It, you're free to uh, not get in trouble for it here.
1: Thank you, I appreciate that, Hutton. A little maze and blue action, it looks like uh, from from Davy. Also, I do think we should pick a day where we all just wear the brightest item of clothing that we have and just see if it pops with the lighting in here. I bet within on six, that one day, seven
0: shows we could do it uh, if we, we. We normally don't. E- it happens way too often where we wear something this, similar.
1: I had to send Hutton some today because I know you have similar shirts. This one, I said, I am yep. wearing a gray, this brand today. Please well don't wear it just to give you a heads up. Because if not, we would have worn the same thing. This is the second straight time though that Davey has worn this Preds sweater. And that when he appears on screen, I, I mean, physically, I like go back from the mic because it pops so loud every time Davey's it comes on. the enforcer on. wearing this. I, I I love it. We need to all plan just to see what it looks like on the one day we do it. Um, I may have I the mean, floor now. You're not going to step in and say, "Are w- you to go out yeah. and get beaten up or anything no, like go that?" Ahead. Okay, good. I'll be your Pete family. My, thank you. My whipping boy. Uh, my primary <laughs> complaint this week is please get rid of Davey on that screen. I can't, My retina is burning <laughs> if I don't look straight forward into the, the camera. My primary complaint is that Netflix is the only streaming service that gets the interface part of the streaming service correct. In all that they do, it goes immediately to the next episode if I'm watching something. If I go back on the remote, it goes to the next episode queued up and ready to go. I have exactly what I've been watching. When I pause or get out, it's exactly in the spot that I left it every time. No problems. Nothing else going on. They say that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Everyone was imitating Netflix in the streaming game because they got such a big lead on everyone else, yet no one mastered the interface the way Netflix has. All of these companies out there, Disney and all their power and money, Apple, Amazon, they've got streaming services. None of them have mastered the interface to the same level of Netflix. And the system is really easy. Just do it the same damn way that Netflix did. You have different shows, it could look identical. You could do everything you want. They don't have a copyright or a trademark on the size of the boxes that you click the show on or the fact that it goes to the next episode automatically. You could do all these things perfectly. Yet when I go into Peacock is the one that I'm especially angry with right now. I've been watching different Saturday Night Live episodes on Peacock. Going back to find an episode of Saturday Night Live... I'd be better off going to the Library of Congress and trying (laughs) to find something with a Dewey Decimal System than having to go back five spots and research for SNL and then go and find the date or the year I was on before instead of it just going to the next episode or keeping me in the same season. Please, streaming services, get it right for once Mm. and just do exactly what Netflix was doing and doing perfectly before you did anything. This is my primary complaint. Chad, if you're on that, I was...
2: Reading an article the other day about how Disney Plus and Hulu are going to be merging their app in the future. There was talks about ESPN Plus also being involved in that, but it looks like they're going to keep that separate. So you'll have fun with that. See, all I'm three all for that.
1: Like, give me less. Again, I like to declutter. I don't like to add clutter. Give me less things to go to. Yeah. So the more mergers like that, I'm fine with more shows in one spot. Uh, but just figure out what Netflix has done and just replicate it. Trying to think if there's uh, is there a there's a way for that. Well, no, they would
0: love to replicate the four billion profit or whatever these articles are saying about. I, I, I was Netflix just turning to, and, and yeah. no one else does, right?
1: Yeah. That, well, then they hit a, a downturn too, but now they're they're the one that's still making money.
0: Over since 2003, they have a profit of 4.4 4 billion.
1: They do very well, very well internationally. Also, is what they've yeah. Latin America. Yeah, they've gone they've gone to the international markets very well. They've they've got. Shows you can watch
2: them all over, I mean squid game was a hit yeah. across the world, you're right when that was now they've got that squid game challenge. I've not watched
1: that yet, but let um, us know how
2: that is yeah I, I might not actually you might dabble uh, they're
1: creating their own i p which is impressive with a show like that now they have spin off versions of that show that was successful. That's how you do it, so uh going back
2: to the uh pred's hoodie shirt, whatever you want to call it. Wore it for a couple of reasons. One, I'm, I'm excited just from the NHL standpoint when you guys get into the Connor Bedard story uh, a little bit later on. Two, uh, my primary complaint, and I, I wore this for the reason, um, I, I hate being wrong. And so I'm wrong uh, very rarely. Like it's, it's, it's like a, a blood moon. It doesn't happen that often. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got on here and was talking on my primary complaint about how it's like uh, my team just needs to go ahead and start tanking. And they played a game... The night after I had that take, and they've proceeded to win six straight games, and currently would be in the wild card spot team in the NHL. <laughs> if they were. Yeah, if uh, if the playoffs started today. Now, granted, it's uh, November, almost December, so we got a ways to go. But they finally had life, and they look like a formidable opponent. So I hope they keep this up. I imagine they're probably going to go on a losing streak now that I brought this to the table. So go. apologize, apologies if anyone in the chat. Or just listening as a Preds fan, I'll take the blame. Or a if fan that
0: wants their team to win or
1: lose and yeah. roots for it. So I mean, well, look, I don't want to complain about complaints, but you gave up on this team in November. You do realize that what? when this season ends, there will be they two, two weeks into a Major League Baseball season. That's how far we'll off new we are champion. It, from this thing. Ended. but, but dude, Nothing was
2: going their way. His
1: point, though, is their, their playoff
0: caliber at the very least, like going into the final week of the season – for the last spot, and he wants a better pick because they never have a high pick. To get yeah, that well, caliber uh, guy that they're facing week in and week out. I down.
1: still don't think that, that they'll make the playoffs. But What's going to happen Probably. is now, Davey, they've been hot enough where they're going to linger around long enough in the 9, 10 spot oh, yeah. to yeah. where it's going to be a tease until about mid-March Well, that this team may make the playoffs, but then they won't. And
2: we talk about it. Just being right on the edge of the playoffs is the worst spot you can be in as a franchise. Unless you're a young team that's, right now, that's building up. Right, You, you just can't, you can't do anything with it. You're not going to get a great pick, and you just you want enough to where it's frustrating as a fan. It happens a lot. I, I hope that doesn't happen. I, like This is a young team, new coach, so getting to see them build will hopefully lead to great things. But, it, I, I mean, right now, six wins. Hottest team, as you mentioned, Todd.
1: Davey, my vote is that jerseys become your thing. Like wearing I'm jerseys not on the this is, show. I mean,
2: this isn't a jersey. though. I'm just saying on it's, the
1: show in general. Like, just go get like different jerseys and surprise us with a jersey every day. This, I think this, it, you're this segment, I'll this on segment, the company, more visually yeah. because of your presence in this Preds sweater. Yeah, grab the corporate
0: card and buy a TO jersey.
1: Ooh, it's a good one.
0: There you go. Uh, and. I think those in the chat will be more upset with you that you don't call it a sweater. Like if I said it was a soccer jersey, Colin would hate me because yeah, i didn't call it's it a got kid. it a hood, though. It's a kid. Yeah, get it right. <laughs> Coming up, Senator Tommy Tuberville.